0: I am I am swinging from a seven-story window Throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell It's a stand- Step you into the sun Sustain the lengths I'll go to convince the whole world I don't need anybody's help.
1: Welcome, everybody, to a brand new Thursday evening with yours truly. It is me, Matt Wright, and you are here on. The Writer's Block, a muddied Waters Media production. Thank you all for spending Thursday evening with me. Uh, It is truly humbling that all of you choose to spend today with me, uh, as opposed to one of the many other things you could be doing, because uh, there's a lot of things you could be doing out there, and I appreciate that you're not doing any of them to be here with me. First and foremost, allow me to thank the wonderful and fantastic people at siestacava.com. If you are one of the people out there who have not tried the Libertarian Kool-Aid, go to siestacava.com to get some of this hippie moonshine today. Uh, To them and to all of you out there, I say, Bula Vinaka. This episode, like all of the others, is brought to you by a litany of people starting with the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest-growing caucus in the Libertarian Party. I'm going to say that again. The Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus is the fastest-growing caucus and now the second-largest caucus in the Libertarian Party. So something that started out as a... A joke. A place to share pictures of waffles and donkeys is now the second largest second largest caucus in the Libertarian Party. If you want to become a member of the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, all you have to do is go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store and pick yourself up a wa- Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus button. If you want to be a voting member, get yourself a shirt, which is weird because we don't actually vote on anything. Mudwater, the most aptly named product to ever advertise on this show. Mudwater is a coffee alternative made with masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. And it tastes exactly like what you think that combination of things would taste like if you put them into water, hot water, and blended it really hard. Tastes exactly like that. Trust me, add honey. Go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash mud to make the switch from coffee to mudwater today. This episode is brought to you by The Gravy King. This episode is brought to you by Fierce Luxury. Fierce Luxury is a high-end bag and accessory consignment store based online. They carry the hottest brand like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Hermes. That is pronounced Hermes for anybody who doesn't know that. I had to work on that all day today because it looks like it's pronounced Hermes. Co-sign with them, or cons uh, consign with them for a 30% fee, which is 20% less than most consignment stores. Uh, But according to my notes here, I don't know how true that is. But I'm going to believe uh, I'm going to believe Ashley because Ashley would not lie to me, and that means she wouldn't lie to you. Uh, You can find them online at fierceluxurybyashley.com and on Facebook in their exclusive group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. This episode is brought to you by tonight's guest, Jonathan Reels. I meant to hold on to this one for a little bit. He needs uh, $350 for outreach and petitioning. So during this show, I am going to be uh, sending you the uh, the the uh, website, the website uh, www.jonathan.cash, and everybody give him money because he needs money to become a real boy. Because Jonathan Reels wants to be a real boy like Pinocchio. This episode is brought to you by Jack Casey. Jack Casey is the author of two books, The Royal Green and, and Silver Throned. His third book, Crowned by Gold, is going to be coming out like tomorrow. If it doesn't come out tomorrow, you can just give Chris, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, a call, and he will sue Jack Casey for you. Uh, I'm wondering what Crowned by Gold is going to have on the cover since he has a vomiting ring and a butterfly with an erection for the other two. So if I was just taking a random guess right now, off the top of my head, it would be a crown with pornographic images on it, but they'd be like hidden on there. That's just, if I'm just shooting from the hip, that is my guess for what's going to be on that. Because that seems like the type of thing Jack Casey would throw up on a book. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Cumberland cannabis co. Uh, Cumberland Cannabis Co., they are a fantastic Tennessee CBD company uh, that if you want to find out what Tennessee CBD is, uh, you should check out CumberlandCannabisCo.com and uh, just, you know, do, you know what that stuff does. I don't have to tell you. You know what that stuff does. This is Adderban. Uh, do you want to have the ever living crap scared out of you tonight? Go over to Steam and spend five bucks on Adderpan. It is a first-person 5 Nights style game featuring creepy characters, jump scares galore, and even a few Easter eggs hidden amongst the game files themselves, which apparently are pure horror-ridden demons. Those are the Easter eggs that you are going to find on that game. Join Dolly and her haunted imaginary friends as you play the role of a school security guard trying to survive night shift at a school, armed only with cameras and a flashlight. And can you make it till morning before they get a piece of you? Uh, Expansions are already in progress by the developer and will be available for free as they are released and is currently available for Windows PC. You can find Adderpan and upcoming expansions on Steam for the low, 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 low price of $5. Seriously, if you like being scared, go get Adderpan. This episode is brought to you by Joe Siloski for Pennsylvania governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania success. If you live in the Pennsylvania region of these United States, vote for Joe Siloski, not the other one. Vote for Joe Siloski, and he will make Pennsylvania great again. You all, I am so excited about tonight's tonight's episode. Uh, Very happy to finally get Jonathan Reels on. Uh, Not a lot of people know this, but... He is a member of a competing caucus. He is a member of a competing caucus, and we are here to set the record straight on how it is with the Waffle House caucus and the Shonies caucus. But always remember that this man did a fantastic job at playing uh, a very evil character on The Walking Dead, and he also seem to have stalked a comedian around the country for a year and we're going to get into all of that but he's also running for congress so without further ado let me thank jonathan real
2: hi thanks for having me
1: hey great to have you on man how are you wow you have your i'm ready you are ready ready. look at you with your shonies bear and everything the best i got is uh i've got my jewish narwhal
2: hang on my i feel like am i backwards i'm backwards aren't i y-
1: you are backwards
2: i'm not backwards anymore nah. <laughs> boom
1: yeah i i have my jewish narwhal that's right here right here next matt, to me
2: matt i i appreciate you having me on um trying to establish a level of party unity uh with our two feuding caucuses it's true um
1: we don't get a lot of party unity between caucuses right now, and I feel no, like this is not at all. this is the bridge. This is this is the gap that can bridge the uh, other caucuses into a unity. Um, so, a little backstory: where I grew up, there wasn't Waffle House, and I went to Shoney's often.
2: So you want to join our caucus then?
1: No, God, no, because I've been to Waffle House now and. While I do appreciate the breakfast buffet, and there aren't enough breakfast buffets on the cheap anywhere anymore, right. uh, Waffle House is still a much better alternative for breakfast food than Shoney's.
2: But but how do you? But uh, those French
1: toast sticks were so they were so good when I was eight years old.
2: Yeah, there. I mean, they're still good now. And the thing is, is is I mean I'm assuming that you probably like bacon, right?
1: I love bacon. Yeah, I love yeah. some bacon.
2: Yeah, so you can, so you get you get 4 pieces of bacon at Waffle House. You can get all the bacon you ever that your heart desires at Shoney's. It's unlimited. Menus are status, Matt.
1: <laughs> but Shoney's has a menu. Like
2: your argument they on ha- They have a menu, but no one uses it. It's there <laughs> as an option in case any status come in. It's a trap. That's how they they figure out if if you really know what you're doing when you're coming to Shoney's. That's I get I get very upset whenever I see someone look at the menu. I'm like, oh, first time, ugh, what a loser.
1: <laughs> the only reason I've ever looked at a menu at Shoney's was to see how much the buffet had gone up in price.
2: It's still pretty freaking cheap.
1: Is it? What is it now? Yeah, we don't have a Shoney's uh, I... anywhere near me now, so I I have no clue. It's
2: like five ninety nine. <laughs> insane
1: i used to when so we used to go uh every sunday after church when i was growing up and um they uh i would always get the eggs and i would put that fake cheese sauce all over the eggs and then i would do like a yeah it was like in just a ton of bacon and then the french toast sticks and just douse them with syrup um and the fact that i don't have diabetes is amazing um everyone knows
2: that that it's special at Shoney's, you can't catch diabetes from a Shoney. It's <laughs> it's like you go in, there's like a diabetes force field. Right, um,
1: Diab- diabetes. Um, my so at the Shoney's in Dothan, Alabama. I'm assuming Dothan has at least one. Sure, probably it does. Four. Okay. Um, I'm. A, do they do the? Uh, do they still do the coloring contests for kids there?
2: I am not certain if they do. I have not seen. I've not seen that. So um, was- but to be fair, to be fair, I, I barely ever see a child at Shoney's anymore. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, everyone. They're all at Waffle um, House. Well, that's that's possible. But <laughs> I feel like everyone uh, that's under the age of 40, um, they forgot that Shoney's existed. Right. Um, <laughs> Like, you have this, like, buried childhood memory of, like, going on family vacation or something or going after church on Sunday, and it's there in your head. But, like, you drive past Shoney's all the time. People all, all the time drive past Shoney's here, and they're like, oh, I didn't think it was still open. I thought it closed 20 years ago. And I'm like, no, it's never closed. It's still there. And it's still just as cheap as it ever was.
1: <laughs> yeah, the one in my hometown in uh, Manassas, Virginia, they, def- they they closed years ago. I, I'm pretty certain. I think it became a Chipotle, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, like they closed a long time ago, and I was always like, I was like, man, I miss Shoney's because there wasn't a Waffle House there either. So like, I just had no chain restaurant breakfast restaurants that I could go to anymore.
2: Well, come um, on down to Dothan, Alabama. And we'll go, we'll go to Shoney's and we'll right. do it right. We'll go, we'll go at um, 1030 in the morning. Of course. So that way, that way you can get the breakfast bar. And then at 11, they're going to bring in lunch. So now you get lunch and it's all included. And then we'll take a nap in the booth and we'll wait. <laughs> and we'll wait until they put out the seafood buffet at night. And then boom, we're done. We've had the best day ever.
1: That. It- that would make multiple caucuses. The only caucus that wouldn't be happy is the Waffle House Caucus. Um, <laughs> you know, I will I will take you up on this and visit you in Dothan, Alabama, one time because as you should, because I have heard so much about Dothan throughout my life, which is a weird sentence to say out loud. Um, and you guys are the boiled peanut capital of the world. I believe
2: we're the peanut capital of the world. Oh, the peanut all capital. peanuts. All oh, okay. peanuts. We've got boiled. We've got roasted. <laughs> we've got them all. Got them raw. And um, you... <laughs> but my favorite thing about Dothan is uh, this weird tradition that we have, where the city pretends that they don't notice that there's that they're wheeling out a giant penis to hang above uh, the city square for New Year's. Um, <laughs> I, I I swear, look it up. Just like Google Dothan, Alabama, New Year's penis right you're gonna find you're gonna find and everybody is they talk about it everybody acknowledges it like all over social media it's been going on for like 10 years they're like quit look at what you're doing this is not this doesn't look like a peanut what are you doing (laughs) and they they call it the nut drop and it's the city just ignores it and they have to know
1: they They, have to know absolutely yeah because so you and i were actually we were talking online a couple of months ago when i found out you were from dothan and i said i know two things about dothan they're the, the boiled peanut capital of the world and they have a condom factory and then you told me about the uh the nut drop uh, and so i had to I, I of course i had to look this up because it sounded just fake like it sounded too good to be real so it had to be fake and i was like no this is this is 100 percent real um and that thing does not look like a peanut
2: no 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 it doesn't
1: no that thing is like two veins away from being pornographic (laughs) and didn't didn't you say uh was it there was it somewhere else where like a is that where a drag queen drag queen will ride down on one or was that somewhere else that does that
2: oh uh i yeah, I don't know about that, but I okay. mean, I would, yeah. I would be all I'd, in favor of it. I think yeah. that would really add to the mystique <laughs> just, of Dothan, just, Alabama.
1: Right. Yeah, I was gonna like um, that would. Yeah, that would add to the mystique of Dothan, Alabama. Now that I think about that, uh, I remember somewhere was saying that they do that, where a drag queen will ride down on, uh, on something that drops at midnight, and I, I was thinking it was that, and I was so excited to talk to you about it, but halfway through that sentence, I went. I don't know if that was Dothan.
2: Yeah, I don't that's not Dothan, but I will tell you this. I'm in full support of that becoming the new tradition and I think that it would um really give uh the state of Alabama like uh some much needed rebranding. If we're, if we're that positive about the GSM community that that we have a uh, giant penis <laughs> with a, with a drag queen and that i feel like that's it's not on brand for alabama but that's the alabama that i want to live in
1: that, right i was gonna say that's definitely not alabama brand right there um so before we get into to the real reasons that you're on um instead of talking about penises dropping at midnight on new year's eve and shonies, i'm a uh,
2: congressional candidate matt you, i should not be talking about this on the internet <laughs> especially not in front of a blank green screen yeah
1: yeah, I also need to applaud you on your bravery for showing up on the internet with a green screen behind you. Well done. Um, I'm hoping tons of memes come from this. That's why I put a like bunch of stuff in the backdrop, just to make it harder to key out. Yeah, um,
2: please, everyone, do not make a meme. It would be, it would be horrible for me. Please, don't do it.
1: Uh, um, so before we get into uh, your current run for Congress... I like to find out how it is that people came to the Libertarian Party or how they found, if you're not a member of the Libertarian Party, how you came to the Liberty Movement. Um, so, what was it that brought you to the Liberty? I know you're a part of the Libertarian Party because you were foretold in a prophecy that you would take <laughs> That's over <true>. the Liberty. <laughs> um, so, how is it that you came to the Libertarian Party besides the prophecy, of course? So.
2: <sighs> Do you want the long version, the fun version, or what are we doing here? Um, So,
1: (laughs) Whichever you you want to give me, I'll play with either. It doesn't matter.
2: Okay. So, um, first of all, um, you've, you've kind of heard the, the true origin story. Um, not the one that my campaign sent, uh, for you to post, which I love my, I love the people that volunteer (laughs) for me that, that we had an actual meeting and they came up with that anyway. Um, so, uh, in, in reality, um, we ran this ad on your show for maybe like a week and it was so much fun to watch you like read it live on air without knowing where the story was going. But <laughs> whenever I was eight, um, I was at school and, uh, the kids were all talking about how, uh, Bob Dole was going to ban chocolate milk. And I was appalled by this notion and <laughs> I could not give up my chalky milk. And, uh, I, I started campaigning for, for Bill Clinton because Bob Dole couldn't win. He was going to take my chalky milk. And so I go home and uh, I, I'm telling my mom, mom, you cannot vote for Bob Dole. He's going to get rid of the chocolate milk. What am I going to do? What am, I, am I supposed to drink juice at school for lunch? I, I want chocolate milk. And she was dead set that it was going to be Bob Dole. So I decided that if I could have any luck with anyone, it would be my grandparents. So I go to talk to my granny, and I'm like, Granny, you have got to vote for Bill Clinton. You can't vote for Bob Dole. They're going to get rid of the chocolate milk. And she turned around and just looked at me dead in the face and said, I ain't voting for either of them shit asses. (laughs) And I was very confused. Not the fact that she was swearing. I heard that word all the time. But the the, but. (laughs) That there were more than two people running. <laughs> Why didn't I hear about this? Right. Um, maybe it's because I was eight years old,
1: but and <laughs> <laughs> you probably but, went to public school in Alabama, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, well, so I uh that that stuck with me for years, years down the line. Um, it was uh the next election cycle, and I had this this in my head like well there's got to be a third option there's got to be a third option well that was ralph nader that was the big candidate that year the third option
0: that apparently
2: ruined the election and gave it to bush you know um that that excuse they always uh use for um you know third party candidates and uh i went around doing the same thing i was like we you know I, i started whipping up votes um, in the mock election at school. And uh, I was very, very excited that uh, the third-party candidate won in my class. So um, that, I actually started paying attention to policy and stuff like that. And, you know, he he was for the ending of the drug war. He was for ending uh, corporate welfare, um, ending the wars overseas. Right. Um, a lot of stuff that got me, like excited, like as a young non-voter, I started paying attention to politics, and, and those were the things that I thought were, like, no-brainers. Um, so years kept going on and on and on, and and uh, it wasn't until 2008 that Ralph Nader did a uh, little conference on, uh, I believe, CNN with with Ron Paul. And they talked about how there are issues that are so important that no matter um, who you are, you probably care about all these issues, but neither of the major party candidates actually want to address them. And so he had, um, you know, like 10 different uh, candidates from all across the, you know, the minor parties, they all came to an agreement of we're going to focus on these issues and uh, ending the Fed, um, corporate welfare, uh, you know all that all that stuff that I've been excited about for a long time. I heard Ron Paul talking about, and I was like, "Oh well, that's cool." There's somebody else doing it too. So that's that's where I started um, and came over to the libertarian side of things, is because I, I found that. Now, unfortunately, uh, that was the election year that uh, Bob Barr was the uh libertarian presidential nominee so uh,
1: with uh, wayne allen root was running with
2: wayne allen root and uh they they weren't so keen on the uh ending the the drug war or the wars or you know <laughs> the stuff the stuff that libertarians believe in um so so i didn't vote libertarian that time but i had already started self-identifying as one right. um you know, it, it, I had to vote, uh, I had to vote green because that was the most libertarian candidate because the libertarians didn't run a libertarian. Anyway, I digress. Um, (laughs) so, so a few years later, um, I, I joined the party after, um, being involved in the liberty movement for years. Um, I was still living in, in Georgia where I grew up. And, uh, so they had just redrawn my state house district and they drew it to where the incumbent was no longer in our district. And we were the new district for the entire state. Um, cause they got to add, I think one or two districts to the state. And we okay. were one of the ones that they decided that it was a new district and they drew the district really odd where it was kind of nice. Really? And, um, you know, a little clump of communities that were all together. And then they drew this little sliver and that went all the way up to the, the nearest major city and circled a neighborhood and gave us a new congressman. Um, And no one was running against him because uh, there was really no political parties that were active in, in any of the rural communities that I was from. So they just essentially were going to appoint somebody with no election because um, there wasn't anybody to run. And they did it all by gerrymandering, and I decided that that was not an acceptable thing, so I decided that I was going to run, and I wanted to run as a libertarian. So I had to start – that was whenever I found out the uh, the struggles of petitioning, being a third-party <laughs> candidate. <laughs> um, so – it, which was it was crazy to me that um, how many signatures that I needed to get in a town of roughly four thousand people where I grew up, I needed to get about twenty five hundred signatures. So you, you um, need but that to was get
1: roughly seventy percent of your town to sign off on you running.
2: Right. But that was, that was because of the way the district was drawn. So we had these right. little, small, little, small towns. And then this little, this weird go up, just ignore this town and then go into this major city to make sure that their person stayed in office. Um, and during that run, I learned uh, something that I've really been applying during this This current run for office is that, um, if you just go and knock on people's doors, it's very likely that you are going to be the first person that's ever run for office that's ever come and had a conversation with them.
1: Yeah.
2: And that goes a long way. That does. Um, and if you can just talk with people, you don't have to explain libertarianism they most people kind of are already there and if you can just shut up long enough to let them talk and have them be like oh this guy actually listens you're you've got their vote right all you that have to is, do is go i agree with you
1: yeah that that the government one, sucks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the uh, biggest issues that i see with a lot of libertarians who go out campaigning not and and this is a learning process thing um I, you know, I did real estate for years and a lot of people I would see doing real estate and I'm not like, I'm not a good salesman. I'm not trying to say that I am, uh, and campaigning isn't much different than being a salesman. You're just trying to sell a candidate or yourself if you are the candidate, but so many people will get the sale and then keep pushing the sale when all you really need to do is, uh. Uh, shut the hell up and listen to what they're saying and then talk to them about what they're saying, but keep your answer short and concise, to, tailored to what they are saying. So that way you're not pushing your, yourself out of the sale at that point.
2: Sure. I mean, uh, you know, the but it also becomes very easy in a place like Alabama where of the races in this state are unopposed. So it's very easy whenever you are the person who's actually trying to make sure there is an election. Right. um, All you have to say is, listen, I would love for you to vote for me, but please sign this petition so we can have an election. And and people are going to like the guy who's trying to make sure that there's an election. You kind of already have a leg up.
1: Right, no, that's that's actually very valid. Yeah, we're where I am here, and uh, I'm in St. Pete, Florida, and uh, there's an election. We're like right. one of the most pop, uh, densely populated cities um, in Florida, and like in the top twenty or so in America or something like that. So there's an election. Lots of money gets spent in the city by the two major parties. Uh, we had a special election back in 2014 i think um and the two major parties spent something obscene something like 20 million dollars on a special election for congress and this person was only going to be in first the election was in march the next election was in november so what six months seven months and like they spent 20 million dollars to get that seat back in 2014 and uh the Republicans ended up winning it by a squeaker. They blamed the Libertarian. The Democrats blamed the Libertarian for <laughs> for them losing. The Republicans blamed the Libertarian for them almost losing. And uh, we ended up – that was the first person I went out knocking doors for because I did, was like, he can win this. He didn't no, he didn't. It wasn't – it wasn't. But Matt, could you just
2: imagine if that $20 million was spent on – actually building up the community rather than dividing everyone into two different sides who are going to fight each other online over my candidate is the best. Right. Imagine if that $20 million was spent on, I don't know, feeding the homeless, buying diapers for the needy, uh, things like that. Right. Man, that would be great.
1: That would be amazing.
2: It's too bad that it just has to be spent on campaign ads.
1: Has to be on mudslinging campaign ads. (laughs)
2: Cause, oh they were, Cause they were, if, if
1: only, that, if only that would, so that would honestly be the greatest campaign ad of all time is if a candidate came in and was like, look, we're all of the money that we're going to spend in this district on ads, we're going to use it helping people. So whatever money, and well, just Matt, do that. you would
2: be happy to know <laughs> that that's what I'm doing. Well, I am not going to be doing any type of campaign event unless I am going to do something that's going to help people.
1: That's awesome, and people were, are going to think that was a setup, but it one hundred percent was not. It wasn't. No, I did, n- no, it I was did not, not have that in my notes at all. No, that's awesome. So, like, when you're doing a campaign event, it'll be out to like help feed the homeless or to help uh, give.
2: It can uh, be something that's that's very simple. Um, so, just a couple of weeks ago for for Juneteenth, um, originally it was supposed to be an outdoor event, and so what we did is we had um about 800 bottles of water and we were just going to make sure people were hydrated it's it's in the summer in south alabama it's very hot uh at the last minute a hurricane decided it was going to uh, or a tropical storm decided it was going to blow through and the event got moved to the inside of a civic center so people were not as thirsty so we had a lot of extra water but um we uh, people still appreciated it um There weren't a lot, the food vendors uh, were all going to be outside. So there weren't food vendors anymore at the event. So people weren't able to, you know, go buy their beverages and stuff like that because they were all like food trucks. So we were the only people there making sure that, um, you know, people, if they, if they were thirsty, they had water. So um, little things like that. It doesn't have to be something that's just like super egregious. Like it would be great to have, the the funds to be able to you know put together something like uh what they did in um in tennessee where uh the i believe the whiskey region and uh the shoney's caucus and spike came in and they uh, had uh essentially a breakfast bar and made plates and fed the homeless It would be great to do that kind of stuff for events but obviously that kind of stuff costs money um, and there's definitely some sort of loopholes that you have to jump through to make sure that you're not violating FEC rules um, by doing right. it. So, right,
1: because they don't want you to think you're buying votes that way by helping people. Yeah, because um, FEC rules, they make a lot of sense.
2: Well, you know, see, we have – I I maintain that we have a, uh, a little bit of um, – of immunity in this situation, because if we're not on the ballot, we can't buy votes. So if we're just, if I'm just running and maybe I'm on the ballot, maybe I'm not, we don't know yet. Um, and we're just helping people in the community, then we're not buying votes. We're not even on the freaking ballot.
1: <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, cause one of the planks that you have on your website is about ballot access. And, um, you were telling me uh, before the show while I was dealing with technical issues um, uh, that there is a lawsuit currently going on in Alabama mm-hmm. uh, for voter regist- for the voter registration rules.
2: Yes. So, uh, what is what goes on here in the state is um, it is the position of the state of Alabama um, that the Libertarian Party does not deserve. Access to the voter registration role because um, we are not a real serious political party, and they least, they I'm give sure what, the, sorry but they I, give the voter register. Oh, go ahead.
1: I'm sorry, but uh, I don't know which is worse: the fact that Alabama doesn't consider the Libertarian Party a real serious uh, political party, or that the state of Tennessee uh, thinks that if you add the Libertarian Party to the ballots, uh the Democrats and Republicans will become confused. I'm not really sure which is worse. <laughs>
2: um I'm not sure either. Um the, the the biggest insult well there's a lot of just ridiculous there's, yeah, insults. There's so many handed insults. Uh but the biggest one of the biggest insults to me is uh the fact that um the uh the legal team <laughs> printed out pictures of Vermin Supreme and held them up as evidence. Um, which is oh my god. Like it I I I maintain that that he is less Vermin is less of a joke than um,
1: our current know, president. Our,
2: well, our current president or even, you know, the Alabama Secretary of State who sure. does who doesn't get any media attention unless it's involving his sex scandal. I mean Vermin um you know he he gets uh all over the all over the place isn't,
1: so isn't i feel like where, he's isn't alabama go, where judge roy moore was from
2: oh yeah absolutely
1: yeah the yeah. The, the pedophile that ran for senate uh, right right yeah the...
2: so so that's the problem is that we don't have enough sex scandals i think so that's how you become a serious party is whenever you start having sex scandals I think. I'm not sure. That's that's the message that I'm getting.
1: That well, Um, that would would seem to make sense for Alabama politics. Uh... But so so they give they give
2: the voter registration roll to the Republicans and Democrats and they charge they want they are requiring us to pay thirty six thousand dollars. And they give the list to them and allow them to sell copies of it to their candidates for thousands of dollars which then goes back into the general fund for the parties themselves. So essentially, the state of Alabama is using this rule to fundraise for the major parties. And so we're, we're um, in a lawsuit right now, and that will be going to the circuit court on August 24th. So yeah. I think there, there's there's going to be a big demonstration there that day um, that's getting ironed out. And if people want to, uh, if they're in like neighboring states like Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, any of that stuff, and they want to come to it, um, we are trying to throw um, a massive event. Um, I believe it has been confirmed that Spike's going to be there. Um, Vermin like, has expressed interest in coming down. Um, when when be, is that event
1: again? Uh, August 24th. August 24th. I can tell you if Spike's going to be there. Um, August 24th. Hang on. I'll find it here in a second. Uh, I know he's in Ohio that weekend. I don't know. I'll have to check with Brian afterwards. Um, but uh, I'm,
2: I'm relatively certain. Right. I'm fair. relatively certain.
1: So, uh, on your website, you have a, a section in it that says... Uh to ensure that Alabama voters have another option on your ballots, you need to turn in pe- a petition with 51,588 valid signatures. That is correct. To run for to run for Congress in a district with 2,500 people?
2: Uh, that is for statewide that is the that is the petition to make the libertarian Party, a party,
1: oh, okay, gotcha, and, okay. and
2: get our candidates on the ballot. Okay. Now, I could run. I, I was confused uh,
1: by that. I was like, "You have twenty-five. You have four thousand people." in- Now, I district? could
2: run as an independent.
1: Okay, gotcha. Right? Okay, right.
2: so so the number that that you're talking, I'm in a that I was living in Georgia whenever I was running for state house for that small district. Right. I have moved since moved to Alabama, um, and uh, this this district does have a, a much Higher population, so okay. um, the actual the actual number, if I wanted to run as an independent, would also still be very, very, very large. Um, I've decided that I'm going to run as a Libertarian, um, and the reason why I'm I'm not just because I'm a party member, but I want to be able to support any of the smaller candidates that also want to run, and the way that this petition works it gets them ballot access as well. So we can campaign together. We can go knock on doors together and um, essentially build like this network of of libertarians that are running and, and be on the ballot together. The crazy thing though, is that none of the candidates for statewide office can take in any money or spend any money on their campaign until one year before the election. And they also have to put their campaign on hold while the alabama uh state house and senate are in session so, so you essentially so while the
1: incumbent is running nobody else can run or while yes. wh- while he's in uh while he's in session nobody else can run nobody else can Correct. do anything
2: so i'm i'm currently the only person in the state of alabama who can legally run a campaign um for it, within our our party, um, you would have you have to be running for federal office to be running now. Now there are people that are that are volunteering and helping with my campaign that are eventually going to be running, but they can't take in any money, they can't spend any money, they can't do anything really until one year before the election, and then they have to put it on pause. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Alabama, Alabama is crazy, Matt. Alabama's got some crazy crazy some crazy rules there. Um uh Janice McKenzie's in the uh, comments here and she said that her son is Richard Fast. Oh, I and, love Richard. Richard's yeah, great. And he's hosting one of your events. Uh which event is he doing? Uh
2: that Richard is going to be uh that that event for uh the
1: Oh okay, so the lawsuit. August twenty fourth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and according to Janice McKenzie, a big, huge event with, yes, Spike Vermin and State Chair Lo- Laura Lane. So that should be a great event for anybody who's in the Alabama area of the United States. Um, the entire outside region, too. I used to go to Alabama a lot when I lived in Tennessee. And uh, I, I love it down there. I think it's beautiful country. <laughs> uh, I maintain
2: that the... Uh just outside just north of of montgomery where uh the event's going to be i maintain it has the best shonies in the country
1: are you going to try to get spike to go to the shonies and uh <laughs> there's
2: no way he's going to do it
1: but you can't eat anything there um yeah he can there's salmon <laughs> is it really salmon though because denny's says that as well hey and... hey this is no denny's don't you disrespect <laughs> shonies
2: with this denny's talk <laughs>
1: Um, uh, so a couple of other things that, um, you talk a lot about gun rights on sure. your, on your, uh, on your page and there's a lot of talk in the nation right now. Like you've got Joe Biden going on saying that, um, I wish I had the exact quote in front of me, but where he compared, uh, taking guns away from the blacks and native Americans at the, uh, be, at the beginning of the country back in 1792 or whatever I know it's in yeah, 1792, um, in 1792 as, uh, God, basically he said He's... it was common sense gun reform is what he compared that to. Um, so what is it that you would want to do in Congress to ensure that that doesn't happen?
2: Well, the short answer is, um, my general rule for everything that I would like to do in Congress is uh, I would like to vote for as few new laws as possible. Um, So I, I, you know, I personally believe that everything um, has gotten like way too far out of control. So I feel like that's the most effective thing that I could do is, is vote for fewer things. Um, Just vote no. Um, But absolutely there, there shouldn't be, any type of new restrictions on on gun ownership um i explained this uh i i was out campaigning and i was talking to somebody who was very concerned um actually um one of the one of the people that volunteers they were were petitioning with me and he was talking to her first and she brought up that her number one issue is that she wanted more gun control and he tried to explain and he was like oh you know what I'm just going to let you talk to Jonathan. Um, And so he passes her over to me and she, you know, was very adamant that that was her, her biggest, her biggest concern. And I said, I would like, I would like to give you a counterpoint with, with all of the gun laws that are in place. And you look at the arrest and who are traditionally targeted, how, how the arrest happened, um, the circumstances around it, you see that it disproportionately affects certain communities more than others. Yes. Um, and she's like, "Well, that's true because I mean, look at you know this and this and this and this and like exactly." So, do you think expanding those things is going to make that problem go away or make it worse? Um, I mean, a, a great example is the Little Wayne thing. Um, is it like that was a, a weed charge originally and there was a gun on the bus and so right. now he's he's in possession of uh of a firearm while in possession of marijuana and I think it's the Brady Act that makes those two things um
1: wasn't he also an ex an ex-con wasn't he also a convicted felon so he wasn't supposed to own a firearm I believe that
2: was the second the oh, okay. second charge right. like he's he's been <laughs> He's been caught with a gun multiple times, but I believe the first, the initial charge was that he had a gun on his bus and was being, he was being arrested for weed initially and they searched the bus. I believe that is the, uh, the initial charge. Okay. Um, back in the day. Right. And like that, that's, that's the system working exactly as it's, as it's, as it's meant to work. That's the way they want it to work. That now they've the got they you for two two charges and they can lock you up and throw away the key or exploit you for hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees and and uh, just ruin you. That's the system. That's the system they want.
1: It and is. Yeah, it's, I was actually, it's always so,
2: been that system.
1: I was talking to a, a guy on um, Clubhouse yesterday um, and he was telling me that when he was 18 years old, he got a, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, it wasn't disturbing. It, 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 he got a, he caught a charge that was kind of like one of those trumped up charges. Like the cop didn't like him since he was a minor and said, once you turn 18, I'm going to mess up your life. And then he turned 18 and the cop pulled him over and he was saying that um, he was like, remember how I told you this? And he was like, no, I don't remember that. And then he told him to F off. And so the cop charged him with uh, disorderly conduct. Um, That was it. Disorderly conduct. And it ended up sticking like he's he didn't spend long in jail, but that charge ended up he ended up paying tons and fines and it stuck with him. Uh, He actually wanted to be a cop and that precluded him from becoming a cop. He couldn't become a uh, a he couldn't work at the, in the prison as a corrections guard. Um, and then he couldn't work as like a counselor at the prisons. And like everything he wanted to do was out the window because he got this one charge because he told a cop to F off because the cop had told him two years before, I'm going to ruin your life when you turn 18. And it stuck with him. And that is one of the things that definitely needs to change in this country. Like we need to fix that because you have a lot of young... Uh, young men, young women who are getting in trouble for something when they aren't old enough to drink, they aren't old enough to smoke, they are old enough to uh, join the military and go off and die in a war to protect the country, or they are old enough to get tried as an adult for something that you're telling them they aren't smart enough to make the decision to drink or to smoke, but you knew better than to do what you are doing here. Like the two don't match up. No, in my mind, not at all.
2: Not <laughs> no. at all. Uh, I mean, you're. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir with with uh, some of my talking points, but like the whole the whole system with with the amount of laws and the things that you can be charged for, and they can just come up with charges. They can always find a charge. There's always a charge. Um, it, it's it's it completely violates everyone's human rights. Like, as right. long as you are not hurting someone or taking their stuff, you're not doing anything wrong. Right. Agreed. One hundred percent. And and most people agree with that. The at like I'm gonna say like ninety percent of people. If you really just sat down and had a conversation with them, and you weren't talking about my guy versus your guy or anything like that, you were just talking about like an outlook on life. Most people are going to agree with you that you don't hurt people and you don't take their stuff. And that's a good way to live your life and that everything else doesn't matter. But whenever you bring politics into it, they'll be like, well, there ought to be a law. I really just don't like it when people do that.
1: There 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 ought ought to be a law. law. Yeah, that's my least favorite phrase in uh, American history. Um, my one
2: status thing is that I think there ought to be a law against saying there ought to be a law.
1: <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you're saying it. Like, if you're saying it how you and I would normally say it.
2: Oh, no. No exceptions.
1: No exceptions? Banned.
2: None? Banned. Let's ban it. You
1: you can't say there ought to be a law against <laughs> there ought to be a law. Um, nope. <laughs> so... Yeah, it, and one of the things that one of the things that uh, I, I've noticed a lot of people are really starting to get passionate about is criminal justice reform, and it it is the number one issue that we have. Uh, last night on My Fellow Americans, Spike had on Dave from Dave's Killer Bread, and he was talking about the system that he was kind of stuck in. He he did accept a lot of the blame on his own, which. I do respect anytime somebody does that. And they're like, no, I, you know, I screwed up. Like my depression, my, the crap life that I was in led to my depression, which led to me doing these things. Um, and they were, he was like, the drug stuff was whatever. It was the violent stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. Um, and that's the stuff that landed me in prison. Uh, and he goes out and he, he started his own company. Dave's Killer Bread makes fantastic bread. If you It's so tried. good. It's so good. Um, but then he mainly he either only hires or primarily hires ex-cons uh to work for him to give them a second chance to get them reassimilated and get them back into the real world and he is doing more than the entire prison system and the entire uh penal system in America combined um because sorry I forgot to hit "Do Not Disturb" on that, and
2: oh no, keep it up! I liked yeah, it. Just <laughs> it was blocking um, out my face,
1: but um, he's done more for the prison system, uh, that for the entire correctional system, than any any state has. Uh, attempting to keep people in. Because that's fundraising for them. you got to have them paying the dues that they have to pay for uh, probation. Uh, they have to keep up on those. They have to pay for their classes. They have to pay for you know, the psych evals or whatever else. They have to pay and pay and pay. And you're keeping these people from being able to make it. And then on top of it, you have all of these companies that are saying, uh, you know, are you a felon? Have you been convicted of a crime? And you're keeping these people down instead of giving them a system in which once they have been released – they're able to lift back up and, you know, prove themselves to the world.
2: It's the 13th amendment working as it's written. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's
1: is. Uh, it is. I, I can't, I can't argue with that even a little bit. I can argue against Shoney's uh, French toast sticks better than I can argue against that. And <laughs> it's hard to argue against that. Um, But so, uh, other than voting no on a lot of things, like when you're in Congress, like you said, I don't want to vote for any new laws. There's nothing you would want to pass, no legislation you would want to get kicked off, anything?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, um, I would love to be part. I mean, that's why I started running originally was uh, I was very passionate about ending qualified immunity and seeing the complete lack of support that had in Congress is is what. um <sighs> push the button to make me, uh, run for office, which I said I would not do again. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, that would be something that I would immediately want to, I want to work on is ending qualified immunity, uh, no knock raids, any of that, um, ending the war on drugs. Um, I'd like to end as much, uh, stuff as possible.
1: Uh, All legislation is used to end, and end previous legislation and that I can get behind. Um, that I can absolutely get behind. Ending uh,
2: the wars, bringing yeah, everyone home, br- shutting down all of the military bases overseas, every last one of them,
1: right, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. I, I understand completely. Um, I absolutely understand completely. Well, man, I, I, so, okay. Before, before I let you go, I have to ask, sure. mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I found your IMTP. <laughs> Who is emo? I'm sorry, emo, <laughs> emo Phillips. Um, yeah, who is emo Phillips? I do not know who this. Oh is. wow.
2: Uh, so emo Phillips is a um, he's a comedy legend. Like within the comedy world, most people will tell you that he's the best joke writer that's ever lived. Okay. Um, but he's he's so um, he's very underground. Has a very very devoted fan base um and is there's there's no way for him to have mainstream appeal like he's the type of comedy that he writes is honestly too smart for the average person um so uh yeah i i personally think that that emo is is the the greatest comic who's ever lived um and is still living the greatest comic so, alive so um, much so
1: that you made a it's a documentary right sure okay (laughs) i like that shirt. (laughs) that's what you want to Um, call it it's me and some friends with a camera joking around um yeah
2: it's uh it's a very somebody is shooting out fireworks it is way too early and it just (laughs) it just scared cletus i have to bring cletus in just for a moment cletus is terrified now of Um, course i get that so uh yeah stalking emo um is a really fun project that that me and some friends shot uh, a few years ago it has yet to be released um it's uh got some trailers online and there's clips you can look up but uh it's i don't know how to describe what the movie is which is probably why it'll never see the light of day because i don't think anyone knows what to do with it other than, i mean i don't know what to do with it um <laughs> But it's a feature-length documentary-ish type thing, comedy film. It's got a bunch of uh, you know fun people in it. Um, I got to work with Weird Al. I got to work with uh, um, Andy Daly, who's in tons of comedy stuff. Um, I got to work with uh, like a cast member from Always Sunny, and just a lot of fun people were in it. Um,
1: yeah, I was like, I was going through um, like that. I saw that you were a Scavenger with the red umbrella uh on walking dead and um that uh you were in jimmy will probably save the world or whatever that show was
2: whatever that show was yeah
1: i don't remember (laughs) like i said i don't know i I got
2: paid i got paid to be there and right
1: and then um i saw that you were the writer and director of stalking emo and as a person who listened to emo for uh, period of my life that's longer than i would like to admit i uh i was like oh i wonder what this is and i was like oh that's a person i don't know who this is but then i saw you like met weird al and stuff like that and i was like oh that sounds i want to see this now
2: uh it's i i mean i personally maintain that it's it's a really um good comedy movie um it is bizarre in all of my favorite ways Um, I am biased because I wrote and directed (laughs) it.
1: Yeah, because you wrote and Um, directed it. (laughs) I get it.
2: But I mean, you know, when you look at the people that are in it and you look at the kind of stuff that they do, um, I mean, I love I'm a huge Beard Owl fan. um, So that was like a like absolute dream come true to be able to um, work with him. And uh, it was an absolute uh, nerve wrecking nightmare to direct him, not because he was difficult to work with, just because I'm like, I don't need to be bossing Weird Al around. I don't need to be telling Weird Al what to do. He's Weird Al. He should be telling me how to make this.
1: Right. No, I, and I understand that completely. Um, I So I've written a couple of short films uh, that are out there somewhere um and but i've never worked with anybody nearly on the scope of like a weird owl or anybody from it's always sunny like everybody i've worked with has been like local and but just having my own imdb credits is fun and cool the one thing
2: that i'm very happy that didn't pan out from making stalking emo is um uh bob odenkirk apparently was interested in being in the movie and we could not time it out correctly for him to like it was just like a matter of just his schedule. He was still making a uh, better call Saul and stuff like that. And he wanted to be in it. And I got very excited that he wanted to be in it. And then like looking back, I'm like, I'm so glad that he's not in this because <laughs> I could not have properly functioned as I'm so amateur. There's no way that I like it's Bob Odenkirk. I couldn't, Bob Odenkirk I couldn't have
1: comes on. He's like, what is it you're doing here? <laughs> yeah. Do you have you guys ever done this before? no no we haven't <laughs> no absolutely not do you remember when you were on uh the mr bob show or whatever that show was called? yeah um we, we're like that but less experienced <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: yeah pretty much
1: yeah um um but uh no like uh when I saw you had that, I got more interested in like your IMDb stuff than I did about your political career. Uh, you know, that-, that
2: tends to happen. I, I, I try not to bring <laughs> up that. I worked, I worked in the entertainment industry before this, because people do get really distracted with that, which I honestly, if I were smart, I would lean into it right. and just use, <laughs> use that to get people because people will show up. If they'll show up to get a autograph from, uh you know any walking dead zombie at any type of uh small little comic-con and i should be just being like i was on the walking dead come to my campaign event
1: i was scavenger with the red umbrella come in come to my do you watch do you watch the show Uh, i saw i saw season one and okay
2: well that was that was (laughs) i think that was the best one
1: yeah that's what i've heard Um,
2: Uh, yeah yeah i um essentially the entire purpose of my character was um to turn on the good guys and then lock them in this like fence and essentially lead them to their death and uh i was one of the most hated people for weeks after that i was just destroyed on twitter um (laughs) They, my favorite tweet that i saw was um there are three people or four people who need to die right now and they were listing off characters they were like negan listing off characters and then they were like and the actor who played the guy with the umbrella <laughs> like three characters and, and a you, real and, person and you personally, and me personally. <laughs> um uh I, there was like some article from funny or die that uh essentially called me a meth head um and just had a picture of me in costume um that was nice right it was really it was a fun week for me you, if you I didn't love the internet so much right it would it probably would have it would have broken me but I enjoyed it
1: you and Monica Lewinsky share internet bullying in common um well, I appreciate you coming on taking the time to spend with me. And I'm really sorry about the uh, technical issues at the beginning. But, no problem. Uh, so pitch, a, pitch everything that you can to get people to donate, uh, to donate where they can go to see your site, the events you're doing. Pitch it all. Give me, give me everything you got right now.
2: Hi, I'm Jonathan <laughs> Reels. I'm running for Congress, which is very expensive. I'm not a real candidate because the FEC says that you have to raise $5,000 before you become a real candidate. So help me become a real candidate. Make me a real boy, as Matt says. You can donate at www.jonathan.cash. You can also find out about my uh, radical extremist ideas at www.voteforjonathan.com.
1: I want to be a real boy, not the gumdrop buttons. Um... (laughs) Those are two totally did, separate did you characters. find out?
2: Did you find out that you were a uh, possible extremist today on Facebook, Matt? I, uh,
1: well, I I did not get uh, notice. You didn't get the notification. I did not get the notification, so I assume I am the extremist that they're talking about. Um, See,
2: I had someone send me uh, their notification, and it was like someone that you know may be an, an extremist, extremist. Yeah. right? And so they send me that and i'm like what is this all about and i get that in messenger first and then i open up actual facebook and then i get a notification and my notification said you may have been exposed yeah it like it it was a different one it was like this one was like directed at me right and i was like wait so did did it was one of my campaign volunteers <laughs> that sent me the original one was like did my campaign volunteer get that one because he's been exposed to me what is going on here what is happening um did yeah. you uh, like I, I finally went and like looked up the resources that they give you um and i really think these notifications are being sent to the wrong people because uh the two topics were um how uh, anti immigrant racism is bad and uh, that that violence is also bad. And I'm like, well, why are they sending this to libertarians? Like, right, this yeah, is not we're, our thing.
1: We're, we're we support we have the non-aggression principle, so we don't support violence. And, you know, bring on the immigrants, like bring them yeah. on. Like, come on, come in. I don't care. The, come on in.
2: The free movement of people is imperative, <laughs> which is why Shoney's in the buffet is not statist.
1: So I'm going to have to send you some Waffle House gear um, and, <laughs> and, br- and bring you into the Waffle House caucus officially. Uh, but I will join you in Dothan for uh, Shoney sometime. Um, Let's do it. But thank you so much for coming on. Um, hey, thanks do- for having me. I've enjoyed yeah, it. I'm going to do the closing if you want to hang out. If not, if you got somewhere else to be, cool. And I'm gonna I to-
2: have to be on the Libertarian Party Shoney's Caucus Breakfast Council live stream in uh, about six minutes. So that's where I'll be. All
1: right. Well, (laughs) have fun at the Shoney's, the Shoney's caucus breakfast council um, and have some, it's a super
2: secret meeting and we do it in public. (laughs) We're a shadow council.
1: And um, have some French toast sticks for me because we can't get those here. And uh, I will, I will talk to you again soon. And uh, I hope I see you very soon, man. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. I'll talk to you later. To everybody else, go to see this way siestacava.com to pick up your libertarian Kool Aid. Um, Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I definitely appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your busy Thursdays to spend the evening with me and with Jonathan Reels. Real quick, what do we got going on? Uh, This weekend on Sunday, we have a brand new episode of the Cajun and Eskimo. Uh, Cajun and Eskimo uh, from bayous to igloos happening Sunday, July 4th at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, And then on Tuesday, Spike Cohen and I will be right back here for Muddy Waters of Freedom where we will parse through the week's events like the 2020 Wonder Boys that we are. And I believe I'm checking right now because, you know, I never do this. Oh, we do. We, we have a guest on Tuesday It is Avery Rumberger, who is running for judge of elections in his precinct um, in Pennsylvania. So looking forward to having him on. Uh, and then on Wednesday, Spike has. Yeah, it looks like Spike has. I think he has Damon Root on. Uh, don't quote me on that. He will also be on Kennedy at 8 o'clock. And then next Thursday, one day before I am in Tunica, Mississippi, with the Cajun Libertarian, with Spike Cohen, and with all of our disproportionately attractive significant others um, for the event going on there, uh, I have Vicki Rose coming on, our, on to the writer's block next week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, sorry about the late start. We had some technical issues. There is a, oh, there is a chance on Tuesday uh, that the show will get canceled because of a hurricane that is apparently headed right for us. Um, and I'm certain that superfan Sarah Anderig is finding out about this right now. Uh, so if we don't have a show, that is why it will be because we are attempting to keep our house from floating away. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe on the 4th. If you're going to drink, don't drive. Get an Uber. If you're close to me, call me. I will come. I will pick you up and I will drive you home. Do not drink and drive this weekend, uh, but have a fantastic 4th of July weekend. And until next time, I am Matt Wright and you, you, yes, you are perfect just the way you are. I'll see you next week.
0: Swinging from a seven-story window Throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell It's a stone The whole damn world, I don't need anybody's help. Fuck.